Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by Cheez-It and Pringles. Hey, Hoops fans, do you want to play in a basketball game with some of today's biggest stars with Charles Barkley or Shaq as your coach? Pringles and Cheez-It are bringing you that opportunity with the Celebrity Crunch Classic, all for the win sweepstakes. All you have to do is go vote for Team Cheez-It or Team Pringles at CelebrityCrunchClassic.com slash OSP. Visit the site for more details. Pringles versus Cheez-It. Pick a side, stock up, and go for the win. No purchase necessary. Uh, on today's episode of One Shining Podcast, Tate, um, I, I misspoke last night. I got excited. We were watching Virginia, not together, although you, you could say we were watching it together because Carolina lost. So uh, <laughs> we were all there in spirit. Yes, yes. Yeah. You've gone on record as saying that I'm bad luck for you when we watch Carolina games together. So you can blame it on me if you want. But uh, we were we were texting during the game. Um, and then I tweeted something about how this was going to be a great uh, uh episode of the podcast there's a lot to talk about um i just got a memo that we are required to do a star is born episode <laughs> um so we are going to be pushing the good guy i'm just kidding that would be perfect just kidding. it's a joke lady lady gaga would do anything to be a part of that she's so excited about this movie i don't know if you watch the grammys but she's really about it we're really about it we can't do that, that was though, my way we have too many other my too many bad guys to discuss to get into that but my goodness yeah a lot of a lot of stars it will be my, born my, on this episode. My roundabout way of uh, plugging the Rewatchables podcast, nice. uh, where they just talked about a star is born, and I was—I'll be honest—I love the company I work for. I love the people we we work with and for Tate, but I am extremely triggered by the selection of a star is born and the Rewatchables podcast. Be that as it may, um, it's a good podcast. So go check that out. I wish if, it was if, the Barbara Streisand one. That would have been that would have been a nice. Yeah, that would have been hilarious. Yeah, people would have really that would have gotten people. Chris Christopherson, Barbara Streisand, I would have listened. That would have been yeah. If Bill Bill teases it on his pod with Rosillo, <laughs> says uh, we're doing a Star Is Born, it triggers the internet. People are losing their minds, and then they talk about him. They talk about like the original. Wasn't the original like in the forties or fifties or something? <laughs> I think they've made like four of do, these. Yeah, there's already been yeah, too many. Do and do one of the old ones. That'd be hilarious. That would have been good. Alas, they did not. They talked about the recent one, and it is good. It's a good movie. Go just go listen to the podcast. Um, we are we are going to do good guys. We're going to do bad guys. We're going to do Kyle guys. Everything in between. Uh, this was a this is a great show for us because Virginia was the team of the weekend for uh, I mean they played they played Duke at home and then at Carolina um, they played for the Virginia Cavaliers and by extension our our man Kyle Guy mm -hmm. uh, was playing in the two biggest games of the weekend I would say Tate if, we, if we're counting Monday as a weekend and if we're uh, counting so we the GOAT debate they exemplified the GOAT debate we had LeBron there on Saturday with Kyrie yeah, we did. and then we had of course Michael Jordan there last night in Chapel Hill so uh, it all worked out. It was all good for basketball. I'm, I'm sure that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar will be at the next Virginia-Clemson game if all things mm -hmm. will play out the same way. But regardless, yes, Kobe, big weekend. Kobe is pulling up his calendar and deleting all of his appointments. <laughs> He's like, shit, I got to go to a Virginia game or everyone's going to forget about me as the GOAT. <laughs> Detail. Um, we, we are, let's get into it. Let's just dive right into it. We're going we're gonna to hit our good guys, our bad guys, and everything else. But first, what are you doing? Hey, thanks. All right, it is Tuesday. It is sometime in the afternoon. It is our normal time of recording the good guys and the bad guys. Tate, I want to open the show with this. Uh, I, I put out a tweet this morning right before we started recording. Uh, Moses is in position. Yes. He is sitting currently right by my feet. We're we not going to go to him yet. We're going to wait. We're going to save it for the end of the show. 
Um, but this is this is big. Uh, I I I don't know. I just saw like I was prepping for the pod, and he's sitting right by my feet, and I just kind of we locked eyes, and I was like, Mose, come on, it's got to be today. We need you. He's on a little bit of a slump. He's not making shots. Uh, we need you to start making shots, Moses. So um, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm going to coach him up over the course of this podcast, and and I I have I still believe that he's going to get it done. You sign off here. You've actually taken the Bill Simmons approach to how I was when I started producing his podcast. You know, I would sit there and I would he'd say speak, and I was like, I don't, I don't have anything to say. No. I don't, please, <laughs> please God, please, please don't call on me. Uh, and then over time, the confidence sort of builds in, and you say, Well, why not? Shoot, I'll shoot this. Shit. I'll say something. Then you start barking. And then he'll see that they'll turn on him quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he'll have to battle some adversity and climb back up to the charts. And then, you know, he'll be comfortable enough to, to sign off this podcast. So I believe in Moses. I believe he will split the difference and make it happen. So uh, we're all on your side, Moses. Be, I know you can hear me. <laughs> there are going to be discussions. Is are, is Moses overrated? Why why do they throw to Moses too? <laughs> I mean, are, who is Moses? Are we sure LeBron's a top five player? And then Moses like, woo! <laughs> Not gonna have a good. Not gonna I start talking run, about Moses. Mose. I I start talking about how I picked Moses up the first time he was delivering posters to my house, and I. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it all starts. That's how it all starts. And, uh, and and speaking of the the weekend, it all started in good fashion for both of us because there were so many great storylines. I mean, we brought up the LeBron thing. We brought up uh, the Virginia mm-hmm. Duke game. We got the full promos all week. We have the full Kyle guy segment to get into all that. But first. We have to do good guys, and that's where we always we start. With this podcast in general, we start with the good. We start with the good, then we lead to the bag, uh, and then we get to the ugly and ugly and uglier until Mo saves us with the bark. But until then, Mark Titus, uh, good guy of the week. I don't really know who was good this week. I had a good guy, then he turned into a bad guy, and then a bad guy. So he went across the spectrum. But for you, who was the good guy of the week? Okay, I have a I have a very strong pick, so I will I will happily step to the plate here. Um, I need you. My good guy of the week is. T- he is Tim Miles, uh, who is putting forth a very strong good guy of the year candidacy, Tate. Um, Nebraska has lost nine of 11. They've lost seven in a row. Uh, Tim Miles, just they, they just lost to, at home to Maryland last Wednesday, about a week ago. And in his press conference, Tim Miles is getting choked up. He's saying, I hate this. I, I feel so bad for our fans. And then he pauses. He's like, I really feel awful for our players because I told them a long time ago, I'm not going to let you fail. And then he really starts to get choked up. He's, he's got tears welling up in his eyes. This is a man who knows he's getting fired. This is a man who he brought back his top four scores from last year. They they won 13 conference games. They went 13 and five in the Big Ten last year. He brought back his top four scores, including James Palmer, who is one of the best players in the Big Ten. Um, he knew that this had to be the year. If Tim Miles was going to get over the hump, he's in year seven. Uh, the stars had aligned for Nebraska to finally make the push, to finally make the NCAA tournament. He, he's made one tournament, but uh, you know Nebraska's the, the 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 one power conference team that's never won a game. So he was going to make his second tournament. He was going to at least win a game. It was going to be a big deal. This is supposed to be a big year for Nebraska ball, and Nebraska is what like three and eleven? Is it three yeah. and ten? They're three, three and, and ten. I'm sorry, yeah. three and ten in the Big Ten. Um, I don't know. Tim Miles knows he's getting fired, and that is why he's a good guy because it. Th- this is the the stars have aligned for all the good guy tweets. Like he is definitely getting fired at the end of the season, and we are definitely one hundred percent getting all of the tweets from the local Nebraska beat writers that talk about what a great man he was. And I'm honestly, I'm going to miss interviewing this guy. He was 
He was just a pleasure to be around. A consummate and, and professional you tell at, a, that he, at all times. Yes. Through thick and thin. You could tell he cares about his players, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then you're going to look up his record and be like, oh, but he went 500 for, over the course of basically seven years. So, yeah. Yeesh. And their athletic director is a guy by the name of Bill Moose. Bill Moose. Uh, so the all the headlines mm. are obviously playing a pun on that last name with Moose. And then they asked him about if he's keeping up with Husker basketball. Um, he didn't seem like <laughs> the, he really... They asked the athletic director yeah, yeah, if he's they keeping had, up with Husker they, they basketball. Had, they're like, how, how do you feel about basketball? Because he's getting prepared for the spring game, apparently. That's the that's the big thing that's coming up in Nebraska, which makes sense, you know, football school. They're like, we're, we're ready for the spring game in April. Um, he said, I think I've been to three or four. I'm not sure. I've got a suite. So, you know, a lot of people don't see me down on the floor. But if I'm in town, if I'm in close proximity... Because we live downtown, it's easy for us to walk down there a couple blocks. So I try to make it as many as I can. That is probably the most, <laughs> that is the opposite of a ringing endorsement. You know what I mean? It's like, I've been a couple, yeah. I got a suite. That's probably why you haven't seen me. Uh, he's only in his second year. He already bit, he did the big hire to get Frost there from UCF after he won the national championship, mm-hmm. uh, brought him to the school. And it just seems like based on that quote alone, he is going to be a very, very good guy very, very soon because uh, saying that I've been to three or four, I mean, that sounds like, you know, someone when they ask me how much Pac-12 basketball I watch, you know, I watch three or four, you know, if I'm around, <laughs> a little bit of proximity, possibly I could go there. If Kyle wants to go, maybe I'd go. Uh, but that, I mean, I've, I've never heard someone be that blatantly obvious that they don't give a you-know-what about what's going on with the basketball program. And then you told me the tears were flowing already. So he must have talked, Moose must have talked to Miles and uh, mm-hmm. it, it's not going to be a good thing for uh, for anybody, really. I mean, maybe, maybe the cows. What if it is a good thing, though? What if what if the AD not is not paying any attention whatsoever to the basketball team, and he he just has no clue that they're three and ten? And and like someone should have asked him, "Do you know the team's record right now?" That would have been a good tell. If if he would have if he would have been like, uh, I don't know, we're probably what like uh, the nine and four in the conference or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe 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 that's what he thinks. Well, um, well, here it is. Uh, Tim you, Miles, here's his rebuttal in the same article. He said, "When I need Bill, I ask him. I can relate to that. And if he does, and he doesn't always say yes. And I suppose that's mm-hmm. the yin and yang of being a coach and administrator. But he's very helpful mm-hmm. too, and is a gr- it is great providing resources that we need to be successful when he's around. When he's around. Uh, when he's in, when he's in, there. Yeah, in yeah. April uh, on a Saturday. <laughs> um, just keep adding qualifiers. You know whose fault this is. Who's? You know whose fault Tim Miles the 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 I mean the season is this basically a season from hell for Nebraska they were you know we've talked about it the stars have aligned everything was supposed to go well and it's not only going well it is catastrophically bad um, you know whose fault this is though Tate uh, Tyler this is Mike Dom's fault oh yes Mike why Dom did, why did you not transfer to, Mike yeah transfer yeah he was supposed to come back home and save Nebraska ball and you sprinkle Mike Dom into this group I don't know Tim Miles keeps his job. So thank you, Mike Dom, for you. You better win a goddamn NCAA tournament game. I hope it's worth it, Mike. That's all I'm saying. You better make the tournament and give us a moment in the NCAA tournament at your tiny ass school up there because uh, you cost Tim Miles his job. So I hope you're happy. So you're blaming the Jackrabbits for all the problems with Tim Miles and his future with mm-hmm. Nebraska. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing that it goes all the way to the top to Mike Dom. So uh, who's who's taking over for Tim Miles? Is it Ty Lue? Are you, are you drinking that Kool-Aid? Are you saying Ty, bring Ty Lue home? Do you think Ty Lue is drinking that Kool-Aid? Do you think Ty Lue is down to go back to Lincoln, <laughs> Nebraska and and take over this program and try to build it back up? I don't up know, dude. They got game? facilities. Maybe. Yeah, they got, fa- I, they I, got facilities. I, I, I'm asking the question. You're asking the question. I'm asking a question back because I, 
I don't know what Tyloo wants to do. I know that we saw him at Summer League uh, before he was let go by the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he was eating popcorn, having a jolly old time. I think he seemed pretty content with how everything was going. He got the one ring. I think Tyloo's waiting for the number two spot in L.A. to be LeBron's. Mm. You know, who's going to talk to LeBron in the huddle? You know, <laughs> Tyloo. Tyloo's like, what's going on, man? What's like, Not too much. Tell these motherfuckers to make some baskets. <laughs> Right here, I'm gonna I'm gonna That's say this. Move. I'm gonna say this to get a I'm gonna get Nebraska fans all riled up and get them excited because yeah, it's been a long season. The football team is horrible too. Uh, it's it's been a long. I believe year in the Nebraska football fans. team. I believe in the football program. Yeah. there's your one. They need they need something lining. to be excited about Tate. So I'm gonna say this. Uh, I was texting with a a source of mine. Um, in NBA, he's bo- he's in both NBA circles and NCA circles. Uh, he's very plugged into the scene. Uh, I was texting with a source of mine, and he's telling me that Ty Lue is interested in taking over Nebraska, and he's going to bring Dwayne Wade as his lead assistant and recruiter, who uh, is famously a Nebraska guy because Gabrielle Union loves Nebraska, and so Dwayne Wade has the Nebraska tie. Um, that's what I've been told. So uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that that <laughs> who is this fiction writer that you that you're hanging out with? <laughs> what? Uh, it's. Yeah, that sounds like a that's, that's, that sounds like an Aaron Rodgers, Olivia Munn move for like a Wisconsin basketball, you know, minister of conduct mm-hmm. or whatever kind of title that McConaughey has with Texas that will flame out in, in 18 months. You know what I mean? I feel like oh, Dwayne, yeah, yeah. in a I, vacuum, I'm, Dwayne Wade may have agreed to that in his head. And then he's like, wait a second, I got to fly to Orange Park, Florida to recruit this kid to try to convince him to go to Lincoln, Nebraska with me. And the kid's asking mm-hmm. me, you know, about Victor Oladipo. And Tom Crean. Tate, Tate, you're uh you're 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 ruining the the vibe here, Tate. I was supposed to cheer <laughs> Nebraska fans up. <laughs> God damn it. I'm confused. Who I is may it? Or, who is it? Who is saying this? That's what I'm that's all God I'm God damn asking. it, Tate. I may or may not have made the whole fucking story up just to cheer Nebraska fans up. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was like, I'm seeing Dwayne Wade do the Dwayne Wade farewell tour and get everybody to hold his jersey up. I, I was, like, I, I'm not expecting him to now go recruit kids, but I, I've been fooled uh, before. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was just trying to dangle a carrot. I was trying to 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 keep to to talk Nebraska fans off the ledge for just like two more months was all I was trying to do, and and you just you swooped right in and pushed him over the ledge. Here's here's my pitch to um, them. Just do winter is coming and do the frost campaign with the football program and then Ooh, just lean nice. into that and have that for the season. Everyone's excited about that. You win eight games, nine games, something like that. Everyone's like, Nebraska's back. Then you go after Ty Lue. You show them the facilities. And then you got an NBA yep. coach. And then you got an actual football coach. And then Nebraska's back. That's my positive spin. That's all I got. That was the, the spin zone of the day. Uh, People forget Fred Hoiberg, born in, born in Lincoln, mm. Nebraska. Ooh. People do forget this. Yeah. And Dana Dana Altman, also mm. from Nebraska, born and raised in Nebraska. So uh and Tom Osborne is still alive. So there's also that. He could uh come back and be the <laughs> he could he could just make himself the the basketball coach. I think Nebraska fans would be down for that as well. So th- anyway, Tim Miles, good guy of the week. Who is your pick? Well, I brought you this have up. one. I, I do have one. Uh, good guy of the week. I had to go through. I had a bunch of minor good guys because I was trying to find, you know, who the primo good guy is. Chris Collins, one of our former good guys, took another loss. That was a tough loss, so he couldn't make the list this week. But he's an honorable mention. And then from the start, I look at the SEC rankings because you know I'm going through trying to see what's going to happen, thinking about the Kentucky, Tennessee, how that's going to set up and play out for the rest of the season. And then I'm going down the list, and I'm seeing Georgia. I'm seeing the Bulldogs, and this is like Thursday, Friday, something like that. 
And I'm like, one in nine. My goodness, Tom Crean, what's going on? This is year one, but maybe it's not year one. Maybe he does the, you know, the de facto Archie move where you flip it to year two is actually year one. Pull that move for us. And so I'm like, Tom Crean, good guy of the week. Need to see what's going on with his Georgia program because I know he's going to all the Georgia, you know, gymnastics shows and or I don't know what they're called, meets, gymnastic meets. I think meets. they're meets. G- gymnastic meets. Uh, well, they're a great gymnastics program. I do know that. And when I went on my visit there, they told me all about it. They're national champions all the time. Uh, they do a great job. Tom Crean loves it. Uh, he's going to baseball games, whatever it takes. So I'm like, all right, this guy, Tom Crean, is putting himself out there. He's making himself vulnerable. And then he comes out with this quote that's basically like, I learned a lesson, you know, when you come into a program, you basically got to get rid of all the kids that are here and recoup your own group in because if you don't this is what it leads to bad Mm -hmm. badness you know just a bad situation and i'm like wait a second my good guy just went from bad guy like 180 just like that so now now tom creed is in the bad guy spectrum so now i've lost a good guy now he's a bad guy and then i'm keeping up with recruiting because you know that's what we do in this business these days we got to figure out who's getting the five stars and then I see Anthony Edwards, a guy that I'd heard rumored around talking about different teams at one time, Arizona, probably not so much these days. But uh, Anthony Edwards is like, you know what? I've been talking to Tom Crean and he told me about these two guys that he once coached. Uh, Dwayne Wade, ever heard of him? Uh, Victor Oladipo. Yes, that Victor Oladipo. And I'm also a shooting guard and I'm a five star. So I'm going to go mm. to Georgia to play for Georgia. And this isn't an Ashton Hagen's Georgia situation. This is a Contavious Caldwell Pope Georgia situation where he's going to go straight to Georgia, be a five-star. Tom Crean's going to go, hey, man, you're the guy. You're going to shoot all the shots. You're the one. You're chosen. And he got the bag. Basically, he throws all of his current players under the bus, makes him a bad guy. And I think that's going to stick. And then he goes, no, it's the reason I did that is because I got to get this five-star and to show him that I don't care about any of these kids. I only care about you. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that is the bad guy move of the week because, you know, it's like I got I to gotta lose something to gain something. He's like, I will lose all 12 of these players. I'm done with them. You know, I shouldn't have kept any of them anyway. They're all like, what is going on here? I've never heard my coach rip me like this. But then they realized the rip was for Anthony, and now they have a five-star on the way to be their teammate. Um, it was a very bad guy move. It's something that he, I guess he had, he felt he had to do to set the tone. I love that he's still selling Old Depot. I love that he's still selling, uh, you know, the Dwayne Wade story, the the arc of Dwayne Wade's life, uh, the, the reason behind it, of course, Tom Crean. And it was all in the face of Indiana basketball. I mean, it was all in the face of uh, of things not going so well. Dan Dockett just talking about it, talking about how great Kelvin Sampson's doing, talking about how great Tom Crean's doing. Uh, and it just, mm. and like Indiana is the opposite of the bag, you know, in, in, in popular, you know, lexicon of conversation about college basketball. So to have the dichotomy of Tom Crean at a school dropping the bag, having Indiana over here, having, having their real struggles this season, their up and downs, it was a beautiful bad guy moment. And that is why my good guy has now become a bad guy. But at the end of the day, he started as a good guy. So I guess Tom Crean, good guy of the week. You just you just melted everyone's brain listening yes. to. Thank you. I melted <laughs> I my you, own brain trying you, to understand it. Yeah. Holy shit! Uh, <laughs> since you brought it up, um, here, here's your here is your Indiana basketball update. Uh, Tom Crean just lands a five star, the best recruit in the history of Georgia, is what people are saying. In the history of a George, the University of Georgia, I mean, not the state of Georgia. Um, the 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 best player that they've ever. Dominique landed. Wilkins is Kelvin like, wait, Sam- what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kelvin Sampson is uh twenty three and one, and basically a charge block call away from being undefeated yes. with Houston right now. 
Mike Davis is at Detroit. His team sucks, but his son is averaging 27 a game and is second in the country in scoring, so that's at least fun. You have Mike Davis doing that. Purdue's won eight straight, ranked 12th in the country, all-American point guard slash shooting guard slash whatever position Carson Edwards wants to play. Um, Controls their own destiny in the Big Ten. If they went out from here, they will be Big Ten champions. Kentucky has won 10 straight. They're ranked fifth in the country. If they went out, they will be SEC champions. Uh, Victor Oladipo, the pride and joy of all things Indiana basketball, blew out his knee or his quad, whatever it is that, that actually happened to him. Uh, Bob Knight is still an asshole. <laughs> um, what else? <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, a Mr. Basketball. You have a Mr. Basketball and Kyle Guy who grew up in Indianapolis who's like, I'm pretty sure his great-grandpa was like best friends with Bob Knight or some shit, if that's what I remember hearing. Uh, his grandparents had season tickets to IU. He grew up an IU fan, and he is now dropping bombs on North Carolina um, and, and is an All-American at Virginia. And meanwhile, IU has lost nine out of ten and just just basically lost any chance they have at making the tournament by losing Ohio State. And one of the ugliest games I've watched all season. Um, it was brutal. Usually, when I'm watching IU Ohio State, like I'm, I I kind of want both teams to like I'm watching it, and I'm I'm full of so much good vibes because I like both teams so much that it's like overwhelming, and I have to kind of sort out all the goodness that I'm feeling in my heart as I'm watching this, it was the exact opposite on Sunday as I was watching these two teams play. I had like people on Twitter asking me why I'm not tweeting and why am I watching this game? Yes. I was like, I'm not tweeting because this game is fucking horrible. This is horrible basketball. <laughs> this is so bad. Um, anyway, maybe I, I had to just, maybe you should have pulled the uh, therapeutic to, to yeah, maybe, it maybe you should have pulled. I don't need to watch this game. You know, just just sit it out sometimes. Yeah, I'm I pulling mean, Tate's move. Just Coach Holtman. Ohio State did win. I, yeah, I am Holtman excited nice that Ohio win. State won. I'm just uh, I'm I'm really upset that that um, it came at the cost of basically Indiana season is now over. And uh, I don't know, Tate. Have I done my Have I done my rant on Adidas? I know that I'm not trying to make this an Indiana thing. We'll go back to Tom Crean in a second. But uh, Tom Crean kind of wants it to be about I, Indiana. I feel like this, I know he this, does. This is his, really this does. is rub in the face moment. You know, he's like, look at this guy. Look at this five star. Look who I have. So I'm I'm of the opinion I've said this before that Adidas has fucked Indiana that that Indiana signing the Adidas contract was the worst thing that has ever happened to the, the the entire university the entire basketball program certainly dare I say university dare I even say the entire state of Indiana um, signing a contract with Adidas is is the worst thing that's ever happened to us uh, and and I have some stats to back this up Tate so. In, my, in doing my research, uh, Adidas signs, uh, Indiana signs a deal with Adidas in like 2004, right? But they start negotiating this deal in late 2003. So basically the start of the 2003, 2004 academic year is coming around. Uh, Indiana knows their contract with Nike's coming up. They start taking phone calls from Adidas. They start listening to other offers. They're they're to put it in the uh, the terms of women because, you know, we, we love to do that on this program. They are in a relationship, but they start looking at other other women, they start. Uh, oh, she's cute. Let me let me talk to her. Right? Perusing. So, yeah, this happens in 2003. Um, that following the very next basketball season, so the 0304 season, as IU is talking with Adidas, IU has its first losing season in 34 years. Tate, mm. is that a coincidence? I don't think so. They then sign a contract with Adidas. They've had three more losing seasons since. They have not made the Elite Eight since. Um, they have they have uniforms that are complete butt cheeks. Uh, I I don't know, man. It's very frustrating. The whole the whole IU thing. They got to get rid of Adidas. It's it's clear as day. And on top of it all, Adidas, as I've said a million times on this program, um, Adidas is cheating their fucking balls off. <laughs> yeah. And I use I use recruits are nowhere to be found. I guess Romeo was kind of mentioning a little bit of stuff, but like 
they're IU as a whole doesn't even exist. They're not even on Adidas radar. Adidas isn't even steering guys to IU. That's the worst part about it. Is like you're in, you're in bed with yes. the, the the corrupt machine, and they're not. You're just not even paying off. Oh, that, anyway. the, that's probably the biggest gripe with your whole situation. You know, it's not that Adidas has given you not so great equipment, or that Adidas has led to this colossal downfall as a program. It's that Adidas has been cheating for other people, but they're not cheating for y'all. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's What's like, the point of being how, with Adidas? Yeah. How dare you? How dare you lead me on this path of promise? And then not help me out. I mean, that is that is wrong. It's wrong. Is. I don't like it one bit. Yes. Um, but congrats to Tom Crean. You're saying <laughs> I, I like I like your theory that he <laughs> Nike school. I like your theory. <laughs> the the moment that yeah, he is at a Nike school. That's funny. Um, the moment that he signed with Georgia, he was it was all leading to this moment. Was that he took over the job. Uh he He's, he he went from good guy to bad guy to bad guy. He he was basically LeBron with the Lakers, right? Like he's trying to ship off his entire team to get Anthony, well Anthony Edwards instead of Anthony Davis, right? Yes. He's like, I will get rid of all these guys and make the cap space for you if I have to. <laughs> I'm trying to find. I'll gladly do that. Anthony. I was trying to find the exact quote of what he said because what I said wasn't even as damning as what he actually oh. said. Do you have? Oh, it? I have the I have the quote. Do yeah. you want me to read it? Yeah, please, yeah. please read it. All right. Here's the quote. So this came. Uh, Crean loses. They lose by 16 at home to yes. Ole Miss. Ole Miss isn't a bad team. Not yeah. an embarrassing loss necessarily, but as you said, uh, they've lost eight of nine. Georgia has. Do you know who they're one that they beat? The the one win they have in that stretch. They lost eight of nine. Vanderbilt. Yeah. The, no, Texas <laughs> and the, the SEC Big 12 thing. Shaka. God Love bless it. Shaka. Yes. Love you, Shaka. Um. So they lose to Ole Miss on Saturday, and his post game press conference he says this: "It's all on me because I'm the one who decided to keep these guys." Just. Straight out of the gate, yeah. he's bringing the fire. How, yeah, it's, how it's is all that line me. one? There's no. <laughs> all right, keep going. My goodness, it's all. Yeah, he says it's all on me because I'm the one who decided to keep these guys. It's all on me, and I get it because the last <laughs> thing I can do with making decisions on keeping guys in the program in the spring is is now get overly mad at them because I'm the one who made the decision. So I live with that every day. How <laughs> ominous is that? That he says that. So I I live with that every day. <laughs> Oh, I wake up every day and stare in the mirror and I say to myself, God damn it, Tom, how could you? I walk into practice and I look at my mistakes every day. <laughs> like, I'm so what, ashamed coach? of myself. <laughs> I come home from work. <laughs> I was about to I was about to go to a very dark place. I'm Don't, not gonna say that. Uh, yeah. joke that I yeah. This is all not for Anthony that. Edwards. Um, That's a this is all a lie. Everything yeah. he's saying right now is just for Anthony Edwards to hear. But I mean, it's still good that he said it. Uh, so he continues, and it doesn't mean that they're not great kids. That's very important. A very important <laughs> disclaimer. It, it sounds like Tate. It sounds like Georgia's players should be your good guy of the week. It yeah, says, the Georgia Tom basketball Green say team. They're great kids. <laughs> they're great kids, but very few programs. Yeah. When there's a takeover, when you guys who haven't done it at any point really in their career, a lot of those guys they move on. That's what happens when there's a job change, and I didn't do that. And then here's the best part of the whole quote. He, he sums it all up and he says, and so I'm not going to complain. <laughs> <laughs> After all of that complaining, I will not complain. Uh, so I'm not going to complain. I, I take full responsibility, but it's my player's fault. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> They're horrible. But congrats to Tom Crean. Uh, nice big old duffel he dropped off to Anthony Edwards. House. It, he is from At Atlanta, though. Edwards is from Atlanta. Let's be fair. Maybe he wanted to stay home. Maybe this is a, you know. One of those deals. 
I mean, I do think that it is one of those. We try to get Zion to do that, to go to Clemson, to stay in state, to go to South Carolina, or even go mm-hmm. to South Carolina to play for Frank Martin, something like that. I mean, we, I mean, as a program, I think we believe, as someone from Indiana, someone in North Carolina, we believe in the in-state idea. But at Georgia, I mean, you know, that's never been a historical thing. Contavious Caldwell-Pope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Contavious Caldwell-Pope was probably the one you could point to. Uh, and speaking of Contavious Caldwell-Pope, can I go to my bad guy of the week? Or actually my bag, my bad corp? Wait, what, what the fuck? Hold on. Tom Crean was not your bad guy? <laughs> no, he was my good guy. He was your... Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, yeah. Mine's, mine's an oh easy... My mine, mine is an easy bad guy. And then you got to... You, you there's can just someone... I'm just, I just want to say, there's someone keeping score. There, the people, there are people that listen to this, Tate, that I think are mapping this out. They're keeping a database of all of our picks. Um... I, I, I have no doubt in my mind that this is what people do when they listen to our podcast. They're very confused by by what Tom Crean your pick is. So I need you to just make it clear. He is your good guy of the week despite landing Tom, the five-star. Tom Crean is my good guy of the week despite being a bad guy and a bad guy. Okay. Well, you have, right. you have layers. You know, yeah, it was, it's the Holy Trinity. Okay. You're correct. That is, that is all, all right. that's actually the all best right. version of a college basketball coach. Like Larry Brown is a good guy, a bad guy, and a bad guy. You want all three layers. Speaking of quickly, do you see Rick Pitino put out his list of all the coaches that are modern, uh, and then he compared them back to past coaches? He did like this little tweet. Did you see this? Our coach, Coach Pitino. I did not see this. We How were, did I miss this? We were behind a Casamigos. Well, I was going to pick up producer Kyle this morning. A Casamigos truck Thank is in front of me, and I'm on Twitter, and I'm just scrolling through. Because I before I do this podcast every As week, you're driving. As I'm driving, I'm just on my phone looking at Rick Pitino tweets, uh, waiting to take a left in L.A., which is a, that's about a 20-minute process usually. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm going through Pitino's tweets, and he does this list of coaches, and he compares them to the past. So he does Coach K, John Wooden, Roy Williams, Dean Smith, John Calipari, <laughs> Larry Brown. And I was like, that is, that is primo. That is primo because, you know, Patino is just putting it out there. And it was a nice, you know, just trying to say these are what these guys do. This is what who they remind me of. But Larry Brown has obviously, you know, fallen a bit out of favor these days. If you go back to 2004, people would say he's a great coach. Before the Olympics, pretty much, everyone was pretty much in with Larry mm-hmm. Brown. Only coach to win both, yada, yada, yada. But the, just the Calipari-Larry Brown connection there was great by Rick Patino And... That was all Rick Pitino aside because we're going to get into bad guy talk. And sometimes I like to let Rick Pitino lead into that conversation. So back to my bad guy of the week, which is not Tom Crean, as you said. He was the good guy, but also a bad guy, also a bad guy. But my bad guys of the week, Clutch Sports. Okay, I'm listening. All right, there was the beat. Clutch Sports, uh, and this is only because of a cow guy quote, so I guess it, you know eventually we'll lead into the cow guy segment, but for my bad guys of the week, Clutch Sports, they're at the Virginia Duke game, which I don't know about you, Mark Titus, but that does take a lot to get to Charlottesville to go to a basketball game. I mean, not a whole, a whole lot, but it takes a good amount, and I understand that you know they were on the East Coast, and they're doing their East Coast swing with the Lakers, and you know LeBron goes there with Kyrie. So anyways, cow guy after the game last night was asked about uh, the Duke guys uh, LeBron being at the game on Saturday, Jordan being at the game on Monday, gives a nice answer. And he, he basically says, all those guys are going to go sign with talking about the Duke guys and LeBron being there on Saturday. Said, I mean, I expect all those guys are just going to go sign with Clutch Sports. So, you know, it is what it is. Makes sense. That's why they're there uh, to get signed. And, and I will say this. I mean, it's a really savvy business move if you're LeBron James because you basically, you get your son, Bronny Jr., who's a future, you know, big recruit, as they say. 
or as people suspect him to be. And he wears all the Duke stuff and all the Instagram videos and everything. So you got a little bit of branding going on with Duke. Give them a little backdoor brand. And then you go show up to the Virginia game, uh, a true college basketball game, by the way, a game where Ralph Sampson's mm -hmm. also in the building, uh, a game where we're going to see a pack line defense because I'm sure Kyrie really appreciates the pack line after being around your boy Brad Stevens for so long. Uh, so they go to this game. They're sitting there. They're, they're, they're watching these guys. And they're just recruiting Zion, Reddish, Barrett, all these guys to then come join them eventually, you know? So that is, it's like they're doing the recruiting for the NBA agencies the same way that Duke is at, you know, a prep school at Oak Hill watching kids. You know what I mean? They're doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. They're recruiting now. They're taking the bag to the next to the next level of the NBA. Uh, and that's why Clutch Sports, bad guy of the week. And Kyle Guy notices it, points it out. And honestly, I'm going to say it right now, Clutch Sports, sign Kyle Guy and sign Ty Jerome Bring them to L.A. Yes. Get some smart guys there on the bench just like, you know, calling out plays, calling out switches, calling out whatever. LeBron loves savvy basketball people. That's what he says to the world. So get those guys out there. Let them shoot some threes. You want some You want some guys to shoot some threes? Kyle Guy will shoot some threes for you. I saw it last night in Chapel Hill. So clutch sports for everybody. Clutch sports, bad guy of the week, bad guys of the week. LeBron, uh, I appreciate him going to a real college basketball game. I thought that was great. Uh, so that's my bad guy of the week, Mark Titus. Clutch sports. The entity itself. Uh uh LeBron LeBron himself. So I, I like the clutch sports angle. They're 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 scheming. I like what Kyle Guy says here that they are scheming for the the Zion, the RJ, the Cam, uh the Trey Jones thing for when they go to the NBA. The trilogy. Uh but don't sleep don't sleep the trilogy of four people, yes. Uh <laughs> yes. don't sleep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> one will get cut. On we don't Le know. It, it will, LeBron's <laughs> gonna be like Jeff Probes and cut one of them out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't sleep R on RJ LeBron's. Barrett, you are not a part of Clutch Sports. LeBron is definitely doing the back channeling with Bronny Jr. And um I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a problem with it if not for the Ohio State thing. I'm very triggered <laughs> by this state. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. What are you with gonna you. do with this locker? Um, You're gonna it's gonna be a dude, problem. It's 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 absolute horseshit, is what it is. Because <laughs> LeBron, I mean <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to choose my words carefully because uh, uh, you don't want clutch LeBron, LeBron is an Ohio State basketball player. LeBron has famously said he would come to Ohio State. But let's just say that uh, the, I, I hope that the moment that Bronny Jr. like Le, LeBron Jr. is not going to even sniff Ohio State. I think that much is clear. Yes. He's not even gonna. He's not even gonna visit. He's not even gonna put him on. He can't even give us like a courtesy list. Like Cole Anthony's throwing UNLV on his list. You know, which everyone knows Cole Anthony's not going to UNLV. He can't even do that. He can't even throw like, here's my top 15. I bet Ohio State's not even on his top 15. Um, and what's the point then of Ohio State <laughs> having the relationship with LeBron if if we're not going to get anything out of this? Well, the question you know, is, you know is there a relationship? That's that's the thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, Tate. This has become, this is the gripe. It is a one-way street. Uh, to put it in girl we, terms, Ohio you guys, State, he's just not that into you. You know what I mean? He just, he doesn't want to be a part of you guys. Like, he just, he, he's moved on. He's dude, Hollywood Ohio now. Ohio State is uh, so much more, done so much more for LeBron than LeBron's done for Ohio State basketball at this point. I, I don't, I don't even say that jokingly. I swear to God, like, like this dude, we, we fucking wear his shoes. Like, do you realize there's only one school in this country? Like, LeBron has... His shoes are ass, dude. Like no one likes his shoes. Oh. Well, they weigh like and, fifteen. And there's pounds. one school in the country yeah. that yeah, it's, it's like cement blocks. They're horrible. <laughs> and there's one school in the country that exclusively plays in LeBron's shoes. 
It's Ohio State. We That's have a true. fucking we have a locker for him. We have yeah. a mural for him. You're yeah. walking down a hallway to the practice gym. There's a big mural of pictures of LeBron on the football sideline throwing a football because he never comes to the basketball game. So you have to use the the football picture. <laughs> he came to one basketball game uh, in 2011. Guess who Ohio State was playing at the one game he came to in Columbus? Just Kentucky. take a guess. Tate. Who was Ohio State playing? Kentucky. Close. Duke. Duke. <laughs> we were playing Duke. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, he didn't even come to Ohio State game. He was coming to the Duke game. Um. I don't know, man. I just here here's the way we salvage this. I just, I just hope Chris Holtman, uh, you know, Chris Holtman was not here when we signed this deal. This was like a this was a thing back in the day when um this was like the the 07 year I think was the first year we did it. We when when I I got to Ohio State really like LeBron wanted to get in the ground level with me. Uh, my freshman year yes. we become a LeBron school. We're wearing LeBron's logo on our jerseys and shit. Um, so Holtman wasn't here when that whole deal was signed. Will, my will hope you let is the people know LeBron, what the LeBron logo is? By the way, I don't know if a lot of people know this. It's a I have no idea what it is. It's, it's it's a crown for the king. Oh, it's like, but I mean, it's like, there's like a tiny crown within like an L and a two and a, it's it's oh. like very convoluted logo. <laughs> My goodness. I, I just um, know the crown. That's what I, that's all. That's the one thing I ask people all the time because they talk about his shoe selling, you know, I always ask what the, because you know, jump man's jump man, you know, jump man, you know, the check. So I'm like, LeBron, needs, yes. people need to know it's the crown. He's the king. Or so he says. It's, oh, I'm, I'm very lost. <laughs> Um, LeBron. Uh, so we signed the deal. My my hope is that when Bronny Jr. signs with Duke, because yes. we all know that's coming. That's I can't exactly wait. What's going to happen? Yeah, it's gonna be awesome, dude. How about this? I, I I'm putting this in Chris Holtman's ear right now, Coach. I know you listen to the podcast. Um, we got to get this done. We have to switch when that moment happens. When Bronny Jr. does not even return our calls, switch to a Jordan School Tate. No Adidas. Imagine that Adidas. Go, go full Adidas. Why the fuck would we switch to Adidas, dude? I just got done talking about how I don't want Adidas anywhere near any That's program I, mean. I like. Just put it all together. Just go full no. Adidas. Like, put yourself no. down to, to climb back up. No, be like the Phoenix. No. Change your mascot. No. <laughs> how much Casamigos were you drinking on the way into this, this show, dude? I'm honestly just... We go, we go Jordan. <laughs> we let Duke go LeBron. Tell me that's not awesome. That that in, we got I, Carolina Jordan and Duke Lebron. That's already it. Already is what know. it is. That's what happened on Saturday, and that's what happened on Monday. Lebron. The only reason Michael went to the game Monday night is because Buzz Peterson and Mitch Kupchak were driving to the game, and they probably forced him to get in the car to go to the game. And as soon as the game was over, he was out. You know, he got on the flip flow and was like, "I'm I'm out of here. I'm rolling out." Uh, Lebron being at Duke, Jordan being at Carolina. That makes the greatest rivalry in college basketball now the greatest rivalry on the internet, the GOAT debate. Now we have LeBron James being defended by all Duke people and Duke defenders of the world and Duke believers. And then you have all the Carolina people in the world who are all with Jordan forever. And now we get to argue that out on the internet for the next however many years. Because LeBron's going to lean into the Duke thing a thousand percent. And I and I am a hundred percent on your side yeah. that you have to get rid of the King logo with Ohio State once it happens because then it we have just, to get rid of everything. LeBron. Yeah, then your second. Yeah, then then you just look like you're trying to be with LeBron and he's not really reciprocating, you know. And I think LeBron needs guy, to, he needs to do the John uh, Wooden thing, like in Indiana that we saw, where John Wooden's a part of every school and every high school gym. They have a picture of John Wooden or a statue of John Wooden. LeBron's <laughs> trying to do that in Ohio, where you know he can't be completely tethered to Ohio State because then he can't be at the Akron Zips. You know, he can't have a statue there. He can't have. And, you know, wherever else in Ohio, Dayton might want to put a statue up of LeBron. You know, everyone just goes full Ohio with LeBron like John Wood. And maybe that's his angle. That's the best case scenario for all this. 
Maybe we maybe we sell that oh, to clutch boards. I can see that. Yeah, we'll sell that. No, I'm buying. No, <laughs> I'm buying. Like tape. Kyle's buying. Uh, <laughs> Titus, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm no, I'm really not, dude. I was I was very <laughs> pissed off about it because this has been this has been festering, and I've just kind of allowed it to happen. I think I think we as a state in Ohio. Uh, we're letting we're letting the LeBron thing go. Like it, it was very frustrating to me. I'm not a Cavs fan. Um, despite contrary despite contrary to what what people at the Ringer believe, I'm not a Cavs fan. No, you're a Pacers um, fan. Yeah, I'm a pa- I'm a diehard <laughs> Pacers fan and always have been, especially when they're good. Um, <laughs> uh, the the LeBron LeBron leaving for LA thing like. We we did it at our live show in Columbus. I asked everyone. I was like, "Who in here hates LeBron?" And like, no one made a sound. And I was like, "Are you guys cool with him leaving for the Lakers?" And like, people started clapping. And I was shocked by this that this man has been like, "Do you, are you paying attention to what the Cavs are now? The Cavs are horrible. The Cavs are going to be horrible forever. The Cavs will never be good again. They will never sniff a championship again because that's just life as a small market team in the NBA now." Um, this man like just completely ruined the entire franchise by by leaving and. I'm not saying you should hate the guy. Obviously, he's a hometown kid and he brought the championship, but like everyone's like like clapping and applauding <laughs> him as he's leaving and just kind of leaving the uh the the franchise in ruins. And the whole state of Ohio is behind him and I just I just want to I don't know. I want to protect my own Tate. That's all I really want. I just want everyone to realize we're being used, folks. That's what's happening here. We're being used. Titus, so when are you coming to LA? Ohio State connection. <laughs> yeah, Titus, you got to get yeah, out no of there. Yeah, shit, dude. <laughs> I feel like people are at your door right now, man. We're going to lock it up. Uh, yeah, I think he's. I think they view it as he's our guy. I mean, I, I tried to stoke the crowd by bringing up LeBron leaving sarcastically, um, and then they turned on me quickly. They're like, you don't talk about LeBron. That's our boy. Um, so I think mm-hmm. I, I think you are in the right because you feel probably how you should feel. Um, I think LeBron, in his mind, he said, if I win one title, I get a get-out-of-jail-free card, basically. And, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So he did that, and he's like, now I'm the GOAT. Now I can leave Ohio. Now I can do whatever. And everyone's like, I guess. sure. Thanks, LeBron. Yeah, I, I only know that was the plan, but, uh, you know, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, but the door's already closed, and he's already gone, and the house is empty. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, like Will Smith at the end of Fresh Prince. You're like, what happened? I don't uh, It's empty. I will say, though, uh, uh, LeBron was at the Duke. LeBron was repping Duke at the Virginia game. Jordan was repping Carolina at the Virginia game. Um Duke won, Tate. Carolina did not beat Virginia. What does that mean for the GOAT debate? <laughs> makes, you, makes you think. See, that's what I mean. We get like 20 more years of this. Every really single Duke, think. every single Duke Carolina interaction, it will come down to LeBron people versus Jordan people. And what I, is it about I like what is split. it about Virginia that those guys want to want to see, by the way? I can, can someone write that article? Can one of the uh the NBA or as Sal calls them, the NBA holes. Uh, can can one of them write an article about how the goats love Virginia basketball, obviously, and they just can't get enough of the pack line and the the slow tempo? That has to be what's going on. You have Virginia plays back to back games, and you got LeBron and Jordan watching you, and Ralph Sampson was there. Don't forget about him. Let's um, let's be honest. Jordan was there to scout Kyle Guy. That's why he was at Luke May and Kyle true, Guy. Those true. are the two guys that he was looking at. He was like, I got to see if one of these guys can be a star in the league. <laughs> Jack Salt. He's like, who's this guy? Out there. Like, uh, all right. The guy reminds me of Mike um, Toby. Let's uh let's take a break, come back, and we're gonna talk about Virginia's uh last few days. Uh the game against Duke, the game against Carolina, everything else that we have not touched on. Basically everything involving Virginia has nothing to do with LeBron or Jordan. We will get to all of that, uh, but we're gonna take a quick break. 
We interrupt this goat discussion to, to talk about a product that has meant a lot to me over the course of my, I almost said life, but then um, that would be illegal. The last, let's say, decade of my life. I'm talking, of course, about Bud Light, Tate. Did you know that not all alcohol products are required to list their ingredients? Wait, what? It was news to me as well, Tate. Bud Light is changing the game. They believe that we deserve to know our beer's ingredients, so they put an ingredients label right on their packaging. Bud Light, brewed with hops, barley, water, and rice. No corn syrup, no preservatives, no artificial flavors. Find out what ingredients are in your beer. Bud Light, enjoy responsibly. Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. And that's not it. We're also brought to you by Cavo. Clean up your remote control clutter with Control Center by Cavo. Control Center, it simplifies your home theater so you can control everything connected to your TV with one easy-to-use remote with voice control. Plug in your streamer, sound system, cable, or satellite, even your game console. And Control Center does it all. Don't waste time fiddling with different remotes or weeding through messy search results to get the content you want. One universal voice remote uh, controls it all so you just say what you want to watch and let Control Center handle the rest. In fact, you can enjoy every second of couch time and easily switch between content without moving a muscle. Let Control Center take your at-home entertainment experience from stressful to simple. Enjoy what you want, when you want, with ease. I will say this, every time I speak into anything with voice control, it never understands me. And after hearing people think that I said, what are you doing to open up the podcast? I now understand that no one can understand what I'm saying. Shop now and get 40% off Control Center with promo code SHINING. That's $59.95, 40% off regular pricing of $99.95. Service plan required. First 45 days free. Control Center is available at caavo.com and at Best Buy. Control Center by Cavo. One remote that does it all. And also love Best Buy. All right, we're back uh, to set the table, Titus. I uh, a lot of sidebars on today's show, but but from the bases, we got good guy of the week for you, Tim Miles, uh, and he's dealing with moves. Right. We got good guy of the week for me, Tom Crean, which segued into the bad guy of the week for you, which is also Tom Crean, thanks to the commitment of young Anthony. And then we have also another bad guy conglomerate, uh, sort of a joint bad guy, just a general conversation about the bag in general. Uh, and that is the clutch sports. Uh, and of course, the LeBron James, Ohio State uh, relationship. Will they, won't they? The Ross and Rachel of college basketball at this point. Um, and now they won't. They won't. <laughs> they, I'm telling won't. you, they won't. <laughs> they won't. It's over. <laughs> it's over, Johnny. This is the breakup. This is uh, Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. This is tough. All right. And now we got Cow Guy of the Week. Uh, and here he is, Cow Guy. He did it on the big stage. Can we start with the Duke game first? Because that's the most important game based on uh, even in the Carolina game, every, everything related back to the Duke game. When DeAndre Hunter would hit a shot in the Carolina game, they would say, I can't believe he did not shoot this well against Duke on Saturday. Um, so can we first start with the LeBron James game, your GOAT? Uh, yeah. Kyle Guy, what was going on in that game? Uh, so Duke made shots, Tate. Um, <laughs> this, get, for, this game for me was over the moment that Cam Reddish banked in the three. Yep. And like right out of the gate, Duke made, well, they start five for five from three. And then Cam Reddish, one of them was a banked in three from Reddish that slipped out of his hands. And then he banked it in and started smiling. And I was like, oh, so it's going to be one of those nights. Because uh, I do subscribe to the theory that if Duke is making threes, there's not a team that can come anywhere close to stopping them. That includes Gonzaga. That includes Tennessee. Um, that includes everyone. If if you say like if Duke magic if you can snap your fingers and Duke is magically like a forty three percent three point shooting team, which I know is very high, but I'm just for the sake of I don't know. I guess you could do that with a lot of teams. But uh, anyway, if they're if they're hitting threes and you know going into every single game that Duke is not going to suck from the three point line, 
they are going to win the national championship and they're going to win it fairly easily, I believe. So that was kind of the story for me for the game was like, uh, yeah, Duke is better than Virginia when they make threes and there's really nothing anyone, Virginia or anyone else can do about it. Um, except just kind of hope next time you play Duke, they don't make shots and that's it. And it's really that simple, but, uh, it was a good game though. The Zion block, my God. The Zion. I know you're over Zion. I know you hate Zion, but like, oh, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I have no, I have no ill will towards Zion and what money he may or may have not taken. But I do. Uh, I in this game in general, I will say R.J. Barrett and Trey Jones. The thing that stood out to me was they played the entire game. Did you notice that they never came out of the mm-hmm. game, which I find very fascinating. But I think it, it's like a, a yin and yang situation where. Trey Jones needs to be out there with R.J. Barrett. They need to be on the floor together because at least in some capacity, R.J. Barrett knows that there is a quote-unquote point guard that's supposed to get the ball. I think that that helps uh, you know, their flow on their offense a little bit more. I mean, he had 26 in the game. Zion had 18. Uh, Cam had 17, like you said. I mean, he had that. When, once he banked that in, it was pretty much over with. Trey Jones, I thought, was the difference in that game. And they, they beat Virginia off the dribble and got it. And once they were able to penetrate and get in the lane and Zion's able to, I mean— Zion basically is force of will. We've talked about it a million times on this podcast, but you saw it in that game a little bit where he could basically do whatever the hell he wants to do uh, whenever he wants to do it and get by anybody when he needs to get by anybody. Trey Jones, uh, I think, sets the tone for that entire team. I think he makes their defense so much better because they actually talk to one another when he's on the floor. And if he, pl- if he plays 40 minutes and, like you said, Cam Reddish makes you know three threes in a game, the, the recipe to beat Duke is... I mean, it's pretty. I mean, it's a pretty easy situation well, to look Virginia, at. They just have more talent on the floor. Virginia in the first game uh, was like Duke diced them up. They could they could drive anywhere they want. You know, Virginia's pack line defense the 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 number one bullet point in explaining the pack line to people that have no idea what the pack line defense means is that you say it 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 keeps penetration. It, it limits penetration, yep. right? So like you you pack it in, stretch them out. You keep yep. guys from driving into lanes. That's that's the number one goal of the pack line defense. And in the first game, Duke just went wherever they wanted. Mm-hmm. And Virginia's pack line was obliterated. And uh it seems to me, maybe it's just easy to to say this in retrospect, but um I sort of thought this as as Duke was hitting threes, it, it seems pretty obvious to me that uh going into the second game, Tony Bennett talked about this with the team. They're like, we were diced up. We really have to to tighten up our pack line. Really keep Zion and RJ and 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 Trey and all these other guys out of the lane. Keep them from driving. That's the number one priority with the pack line. If they hit threes, we'll live with it. Because you have to. There's a give and take. You know, as as is the case with all defense. If you're going to take so you gotta you gotta give a, a team something. If you're going to take some away, and so they tried to limit the penetration. They were cool with living with Duke Jack and threes. And then R.J. Barrett wouldn't miss. And then Cam Reddish banked one in. And Zion even hit a three early on, right? And um, and then there's just this look like, ah, oh, shit. And then defensively, as you said, like with other Duke teams, with other young Duke teams, even if they're hitting threes, there's a part of you that's like, well, maybe we could figure out a way to match this on offense because they're gonna they're gonna lapse on defense. Duke is, um, but not this Duke team. They play defense. They really do. They 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 get after it. And uh, that was kind of how the game went. Was just. Duke was making shots, Tate. It's just that simple. <laughs> it was pretty, so. yeah, it is that simple. And, <clears throat> and I will say, I mean, the Zion, the, it was like, I think it was like a four-point game. This was in the first half. And he had Braxton Key on him. And he just took, and he just, basically Braxton Key was trying to make him go right. He was setting up for him to go right, to go baseline. 
and then one and one swell, you know, one swift move, Zion crosses him back over, gets to his left hand, goes in, gets the and one. And then from there, you know, I mean, Duke was up, you know, nine in the second half. And, you know, Virginia had some moments. Kyle Guy had some, you know, couple takes and ones, whatever, where you felt maybe it could work out. But then Duke would get out on the break and RJ would have a big dunk and yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it just kind of snowballed a little bit. I thought Virginia played better in that game. And if you really look at it, I mean, Virginia has lost to the best team in the country and they've lost to them twice. So it's not the worst thing in right. the world that they've lost to the best team twice because we know that they are the best team. They put it all together. When Vir- when Duke has played Virginia, they played at that clip that they have to play at, which is another... If, if you're just watching and you're getting ready for tournament play, you know that Duke, in a big game, if they're playing at Kentucky or if they're playing at Virginia, if they're, they, they can play up to whoever the opponent is. And that's inspiring for a bunch of young kids that are all freshmen to know that when they play in those big games against the big teams, they want to play on. I mean, Zion wants to play on that big stage. I mean, he opened up that game, that big dunk, you know, (laughs) everyone's Mm -hmm. going crazy and it just sort of sets the tone. And uh, that's what Zion lives for. So uh, it was Um, it it was tough for Virginia, but it it showed what Duke can do. You hinted that you hinted at this and I want to bring this up because I, I believe that this season is still. Uh, I know I say this every year, and a lot of it becomes sticky, and I can't keep keep straight what is uh what what is a joke and what is real in my brain anymore. But um, I really do think that this year is still Duke and everyone else. Not that, and I, and I know Gonzaga fans are losing their mind and pulling out their hair, and like, what about us? And we're I'm fully aware of what Gonzaga is doing. If if you're if you are not paying attention to Gonzaga, uh, I suggest you maybe don't watch the games because the games are blowouts. But just like look up. <laughs> Gonzaga's margin of victory. It's it's absurd what they're doing to to their conference right now. Um, but I think it's 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 interesting to me that like I, I still think every conversation is framed through Duke this season, which is to say that that you brought it up. Virginia, like I think Virginia is still a good team. And and part of explaining why Virginia is a good team is that the only team they've lost to is Duke. And that's kind of how I would say it is like Virginia's undefeated except for their games against Duke. Yeah. Um yep. and then you, you, and then part of the reason Gonzaga, like honestly, for part of the reason people are so high on Gonzaga beyond what they're they're destroying everyone they're they're in their path and everything, is that Gonzaga is the one team this season that has beat Duke at full strength. So you have Duke as the heavy favorite to win the national title in Vegas right now. The second favorite is Gonzaga, and that is primarily because beyond what they're doing the rest of the season, I I think they got a little bit of a bump from they are the only team. That has beat Duke at full strength. Yep. Uh, your third favorite is Virginia, who's only lost to our Duke, and then your fourth favorite is Tennessee, who hasn't played Duke. <laughs> yep. So it's like, like I feel like every conversation comes back to Duke in some way, and uh, I know that just that just tickles you to death, Tate. I know you love that. Well, that's what the halftime show is at this point. It is we are. It's the Iowa State Kansas game. We're back at half. What is Zion going to do next Wednesday night against Louisville? You know, we'll find out next after the break. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it's become at this point. And I'm not saying, you know, that that doesn't have to be the case. And I think you're exactly right. And you just broke down those four teams because every single team, they are judged against Duke because of what Duke did to the preseason number one team. And we were there when that happened. I mean, you do right. that to the preseason number one team going to the season where everyone is expecting Kentucky to have a mix of some vets and some young talent. And they have Duke come on the floor and Duke with the four freshmen blow them out. It sort of sets a tone so everything reflects back to that point because now we are all judging them as the best team in the country, and then you move from there. And at this point, like you said, I mean, Tennessee, their biggest moments, I mean, they have the big moment against Gonzaga, but that is not as sexy to the world, especially in the, in the East Coast. Uh, 
machine of of media coverage of college basketball, and it doesn't. No one's going to say, "Let's go back to the Jerry Colangelo Classic to see what this Tennessee team did to Gonzaga." Right. They're going to say, "Let's go to Maui." Where Jay Billis and Bill Walton are there, and speaking of Bill Walton, man ate a candle on TV. Kyle, do you see that? <laughs> I saw that he shit. did. That was amazing. So that was good to he see did. that. Uh, and then you know they bring that up, and you show the Maui moments, and you know people say, "Well, this will this could be the last game of the season." You know, we'll we'll check that out. We'll get into that. But I don't think that that's to say anything bad about Gonzaga or to say that we're not giving them their due. It's just that Duke is the mark this year. Everyone's looking at Duke. Everyone's talking about them as the best team. And Virginia was probably the one team that you would put up against Duke in the ACC just for contrast purposes to make them play a different way. And they handled it twice. And they they played well twice and they executed twice. So what does that mean for Virginia's title hopes? Because, uh, I actually was. It means shocked by I this. hope to God I, we don't I, play Duke in the tournament. Right? right. Exactly. Yeah. I uh I I was shocked by this because Virginia was obviously swept by Duke in the regular season, and um I thought to myself how how many times is a national champion swept by a team in a regular season, and it, it actually f- happens fairly frequently, Tate. Yeah. That a national champion. Uh, most recently was UConn in 2014 who was swept by basically everyone on their schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. And then they got hot at the right time. Uh, No, they were swept by SMU and Louisville. You got 2011 UConn, same deal. Uh, They were swept by Notre Dame. 06 Florida was swept by South Carolina. 97 Arizona was swept by UCLA. Um, So it does happen. And then there's some that happened in the 80s as well. It doesn't necessarily mean their season's over because as you said, uh, you don't have to beat... Virginia does not have to beat Duke to win a national championship. They someone else can beat Duke and then they can beat that someone else and everything will be fine. But um, I don't know. It, it is interesting because it, it does feel like Duke is the mark and uh, Virginia had two cracks at them and Duke, Duke not only beat them twice, but they beat them in two very different ways. I thought, yes. and that was interesting to me. And, but that doesn't mean Virginia's season is doomed. That doesn't mean Virginia sucks. It's just like, damn, Duke is pretty good. And uh, Duke is kind of the team to beat right now. Yeah, so. it, it puts Duke back at the benchmark, and then you take you go from there on Saturday, and then you go to Monday night, and you go to Chapel Hill, where Virginia's now, after one day of rest, after dealing with and digesting whatever that Duke loss was and what it meant to them, they go straight down to Chapel Hill to go against a team that had won, you know, just been on the best start in Roy Williams' entire ACC run. He's 9-1 and one on the year. He just had this Miami game on Saturday, which was a very— I mean, Miami— that team, I think they'd won three of the past four in Chapel Hill. And when I was in school, they won both times that they came to Chapel Hill. They just somehow play on a different level when they're in Chapel Hill. I mean, last year, remember Jaquan Newton hit the half-court shot after Joel Berry hit the shot. They showed that about 15 times in that Miami game. But in that game, uh, Roy Williams had like four really important play calls. And, and I know Roy Williams gets a lot of crap and gripe uh, in, in the national media, especially mm-hmm. for drawing up plays. But he th- he drew up four amazing plays. And granted, Kobe White is uh, is the one shooting all these shots, and that's why they're going in, because the man is chosen amongst the gods. I mean, I, I, if you told me he was a Greek god <laughs> and then he came and he came back, I mean, I would I would make sense to me. If you told me that he was Nike the owl for Athena, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, that checks out. Um, he is unbelievable. So in that game, he makes every shot down the stretch, has 33 points. I mean, on, on the freshman list is Hansborough 40, Harrison Barnes 40, Kobe White 33. We saw that uh, against Texas, Kobe White again. So he has these great moments on Saturday. Roy drew up, the, drew up these great plays. And then Virginia... At the end of the game, I mean, Virginia, nothing really changed for Virginia. They just 
kept they didn't do anything differently. They kept playing the exact way that they were playing the entire game. It's just North Carolina is not as good as Duke. That's really the difference. But they <laughs> but but the the difference is basically one day on Saturday you execute flawlessly to perfection and then in this Virginia uh-huh. game down the stretch, Virginia never stops executing. And it's a slow burn. We know how that works. They keep doing the same things. Ty Jerome is making the right play all the time. I mean, you know, making the right pass. Kyle Guy hits these two big threes late in the game. But it just felt like Carolina completely collapsed because they could not execute at the end of the game. And then that 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 is, the to me, the the advantage that Virginia has against every single other team that they face. And as, as long as they can stick to the plan and kind of keep things going and don't get— Like, I rewatched the highlights of the 16-1 game just to remind myself how they can lose. Um, and boy, did I learn. Uh, but what they did to Carolina at the end, I mean, it gets in your head because they always are making the right play. And that's, it, yeah. they don't, like, uh, Tony Tony Bennett, he teaches you how, you know, to do it. You know what I mean? So you know what the right play is. It's not, it just doesn't say, this is what you do. He's like, you know, I'm going to teach you the process of how to make the right decision with all this sort of stuff. And that is a, at the end of the game, the perfect example and the difference between what Carolina is doing right now and what Virginia can do at a level that's, higher than most in the country where they can execute those late game situations where if it even is a tight game in the tournament, they can win out games because they know exactly what they want to do on every single possession. They have worked through it. They are, they know who they're looking for. They know their sets. They know your sets. I mean, I saw Kyle guy at one time calling out where Garrison Brooks was going to go set the screen and where he was going to roll. You know what I mean? So if they're calling Mm -hmm. out your sets and they're and they're doing that late game situations, and they've seen what you're drawing up. They probably watched that Miami game and saw some of the plays that drew, that Roy drew up for Kobe White. I think that is the thing about Virginia that still I come back to because that team they're so they're so well run and they they know exactly what they want to do. And in those big moments, they know where to go with the ball, and it's not too big for them. Granted, if they're down 20 points and a guy you know by Jarius Lyles is making every shot he's looking at, then. Yes, that's a problem, and it's a different kind of conversation. But if it is a two-point game, I mean, at that point, it was 59-59. Kobe hits the shot. They, they find out it's on his fingertips, yada, yada, yada. Take that away. From then on out, Virginia was like, okay, it's go time. Ty Jerome's finding Kyle Guy. Kyle Guy's hitting shots. Um, and, and that was the rest and the recipe for the win. And they didn't they didn't look back from there. They weren't afraid of the moment. And that speaks a lot to that team because after coming off that Duke loss, that could be deflating. You could go easily back-to-back, especially being on the road in Chapel Hill, and they refused to do that. So that is why I was impressed with Virginia. I think Carolina has a lot of problems with execution. Nas Little goes down. That's an issue. Cam Johnson goes down late in that game. They had a nice little run. I think it was 17-3 run at one point. Kind of got Virginia out, in that, uh, you know, out of the half court a little bit. But at the end of the day, Virginia, they knew how to get things back together. And Tony Bennett, at this point, owns Roy Williams. And I don't know how it will stop Mark Titus. Well, don't be so hard on Carolina, dude. When you guys get Luke May back, um, you'll be fine. <laughs> he just got He's nursing that injury. You get him playing in the lineup again. He'll, right? Like, he's he's out right now, right? Isn't that what's going on? Or I think that Luke oh, May— Oh, no, he, he did play. <laughs> he was just two for ten. Oh, shit. Sorry, my bad. I think Luke May's a lot like my Bobby bad. Boucher, where you almost need to— you need to convince him that the Virginia team is NC State, you know? You just need to, you know— Yeah. Gatorade. You know, like, you need to get in his head a little bit and, and tell him that Ty Jerome played at NC State for a couple of weeks and transferred, or he's from Huntersville, North Carolina, or something, you know? He needs some sort of spark, because whenever he plays against Virginia— Mails it in. It's <laughs> like I'll, I'll, it's like Jack. He's like Jack. Saw that's, that's too much for me. Diakite, nah, not for me. I uh, I'll keep taking these deep threes and brick, brick, brick. The, the the story of the khaki bowl, which is what I dubbed the uh, the Carolina 
Virginia game. The, yes. the Duke game was the jack off, and the uh, Carolina Virginia game is uh, the khaki bowl. Um, the story of this game was Kyle Guy's balls. Uh, yes. he, he not only they gets hit in, in the balls by Brandon Robinson with the ball, with the ball, gets thrown and hit in the balls. Um, then he pulls his, those those balls out, those damaged balls that Brandon Robinson damaged. Uh, he pulls them out and hits two dagger threes. This was great for us, Tate. This was very. This is why I can tell you're growing up because there's there's a tinge of excitement in your voice, even though Carolina lost and is a complete disaster and got taken overtime by Miami and everyone's hurt and it's pretty clear that the season's pretty much over for Carolina at this point. Um, <laughs> you seem excited a little bit because you got Virginia scoring 69 points. You love the race to 69. You got Kyle Guy like winning the game for Virginia. It was basically down the stretch. He was the guy. Yes. Um, there's just a lot of a lot of you love Ty Jerome as well. Old Ty ball game. He brought his A game. That was exciting. Yeah. What? What? How do you feel about Carolina? By the way, real quickly, we we, we haven't talked about Carolina in a little bit. Um, where do you stand today? How do we feel about Final Four hopes, national title hopes, etc. I mean, it, it was one of those things where it, it's they've it's the fifth loss of the season. Uh, I mean, they could they had a chance to move into sole possession of the first place in the ACC if they win that game uh, with seven games to go. Um, you know, so it, it was all setting up for Carolina. If they win that game against, I mean, Cam Johnson after the game, I I was watching all the quotes and stuff. He's like frustration, just a lot of frustration. This team, I feel like they are very hyper aware of the hoopla around them. Um, and that kind of has to go back to the fact that, you know, if you go back to 2017 and you look at the people that are on the bench, Brandon Robinson's on the bench, Seventh Woods is on the bench, Luke May is playing in those games. Um, Kenny Williams was hurt at the time, but he's on the bench. They, they've they sort of seen the ups and downs of the whole thing, and they understand that the season, at least in my opinion, I'll really know where this Carolina team is as soon as they go into Cameron Indoor. Um, and I will see how tough they think they are. I will see what Garrison Brooks can actually do. I was actually inspired a little bit by Garrison having a couple plays where, I mean, granted, everything is happenstance. The ball will fall right into his hands and he can lay it in. But he's the biggest question mark on that team in that starting lineup. He is the quote-unquote Deion Thompson role of that team. I think it's basically as far as he can help, you know, that, that'll see. But if they play a team like Texas A&M with big guys, um, like they did last year with Tyler Davis and Robert Williams, they're going to have a lot of problems because Luke May is the five-man on that team, which is a big issue. I think that they have limitations. But I, as I said, Kobe White can can hide a lot of flaws on that team. And I don't know how – I know how you feel about so, Kobe White, but I, I feel like Kobe White can here, win a game single-handedly let me sum it up for you. with 40 points. Let, let, I'll sum it up for you. Uh, they're fucked, but Kobe White's fun to watch. <laughs> That's uh, – I think that's pretty much the bullet point, right? Yeah, I mean, it's basically like if Leaky. I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of what ifs in the situation where if Leaky Black, if Carolina plays a real crunch time lineup where they decide, hey, Kenny Williams, we appreciate everything you've done for us, but you take a seat, um, and they put Leaky Black out there, <laughs> and they put Nazir Little out there, and they take Garrison Brooks off the floor, and they basically stretch Luke out, make Luke a stretch five, and they make Nazir Little the big man and say, use that size, and you're going to play inside out for us. And they play four guys who can snipe around Nazir Little. I believe in that working, but I don't believe in Roy Williams buying into that and changing his system just to try to win some tournament games. I feel like he's going to go down with mm-hmm. the ship. Um, and that's what he does. I mean, it's it's a perfect storm, pretty much. With Carolina has all the—I all the, the, think they have a, a massive ceiling 
know, as stupid as that may sound, uh, and especially in the in the sense that Jordan was there and, you know, the ceiling is the roof and all that crap. But I think that they will fall on their own sword, and that will be because of hubris, not because of talent. Well, well, not a fan of uh, Hubert Davis, it sounds like. Is that what you said? <laughs> Love, you, love you, say, you say, David. Oh, oh, sorry. I misheard you. Uh, yes, yes. yes. Um, What'd you say? Huh? huh? Yeah. So that's where uh, we're at. That, blaming that, it on the assistant coach. Wow. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> yeah, that's called a fall guy. Uh, yep. Point him, point him out. Uh, but that, that's where it is. I mean, uh, Roy said they let it get away. Virginia owns Carolina at this point. So uh, it, it is what it is. It, I almost, it almost felt as expected is what I would say. Kyle, who is your guy this week? <laughs> <laughs> well, Titus, um, I saw a lot of buzz that it it should be Kyle's guy, should be Kyle guy, uh, or maybe Bill Walton, mm. who has a massive set of balls to eat a lit candle off a cupcake. But um, it's really this one stuck with me last week, and uh, obviously we couldn't do it last week because, uh, as you know, we don't do good guy, bad guy, Kyle's guy on the uh, on Friday on Fridays. But on it's, Friday. it's definitely Brad Kyle Perry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, Whoa. this one had stuck with me. Okay. This one really stuck with me. It hits close to home. Uh, also, I, I just love Outrage in 2019. It's, Same. Mm, it's so delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, we, I saw the tweet, I guess, and I even went back and listened to the uh, the part of my take that you did just to see like if the outrage was warranted. And <clears throat> I don't think it was, especially somebody who's dealing <laughs> with this myself uh, forever. And I think anyone who appreciates black culture at least feels they'd be 10% cooler if they were black. So I don't really understand why this has gotten to this level, but I, I loved how he ended his tweet with saying, I really can't wait. Or it was, I think it was a reply to his own tweet. I really can't <laughs> wait until you come down to Kentucky and uh, we can meet each other face to face. And I'd really, really love to um, Was that him? Was that him saying like, meet me in Temecula? Was that him? <laughs> like, was, I think so, was, yeah. was he inviting you to Kentucky to fight him? Because if that is the case, Mark Titus, I'm not your manager or anything, but I think we take the fight. I think we go there. I think we go there. And it's not an actual fight, but we just go down there and we just hash it out. And we say, Brad, we've been set up. You know what I mean? And then we we open up. Yeah, yeah. We open up the war. Like, basically, we go down there and we become allies. We go down there thinking well, thinking it's going to be a problem, but then we join join forces and go at the world together. Ashley Judd will be involved. Put on some suits. Chick-fil-A and will be involved. Yeah. yeah, it'll be, I think. <laughs> some gold chains. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm in. <laughs> Drake's in. They play. Uh, they play Tennessee on Saturday. Be a good time. Uh, explain. So we, we should probably explain to people who have no idea. What I guess the we didn't bring it on. up. Yeah, last week. Yeah. Uh, that I I was on part of my take, and then they asked me about Brad Calipari, and um, I just said the first thought that came to mind, which is like, he reminds me of me when I was playing AU basketball, and I was the only white guy on the team, and I just through no fault of my own, just through circumstance, I just there was some part of me that just wanted to be black yeah. and it was like obvious. And I look back on, I look back on all the pictures. Like this is something that I feel like if you're take, you know, this you, you've been in these situations when you're the one white guy and you want to be accepted by all the black guys, you start dressing differently and talking yeah. differently and all that kind of stuff. So I made some comment like that. Brad took it personally, uh, tweeted, uh, uh, a tweet, tweeted something at me that was definitely not hilarious in any way, shape or form. <laughs> uh, and where he, oh, in which he tagged his sisters in it. And then Kyle, Kyle yeah, called that me that was, night and was like, <laughs> "That was that was the only part that I was like, damn man, it was like you got the whole for family, backup, like, for backup, like, added front. the family. That was the I 
I honestly, I feel bad. I should have, I should have stepped in to do it, to try to do something. But I don't know what I could have done. Who other would you than, tag though? Would you tag your brother Tate? What would you even do? What do you mean? I would just tag my. <laughs> I would tag Titus and be like, "Look, Mark Titus did not mean this. This is all in jest." Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's truth in jest. Come, come on the pod to discuss. Come on the pod, uh, bro. Please, yeah, please. We'll have him on the pod. We'll we'll hash it out on the pod. But uh, the the funny thing was, yeah, Kyle <laughs> Kyle's commentary was like, yeah, what's wrong with that? Like, because Kyle, Kyle goes, "What'd you say about him?" I said, "I said that he wants to be black." And and Kyle was like, "Yeah, what's wrong with that? Yeah. That's that's what everyone Just says get a about Caesar me. and lean into it, dude. What the fuck? I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. I I think it was all good things. I think everyone's I think everyone's a better person uh, for it. I think we're yeah, all, we all learned. <laughs> we all we learned. All learned. <laughs> I started Teachable I started moment. following Brad on Twitter. Um and then I see that he he tweet last night, I swear to God this is true. Uh <laughs> after the to, to get over the Kansas It's um, funny, all TCU my haters game. following me T- now. Oh no. Said, yeah, exactly. Oh no, he didn't say that. It gets better. It just gets Did he really? Oh no, he wore the shirt. Oh. No, he wore a shirt in their game <laughs> against uh, Mississippi State. It said like in memory of when I cared. And then Big Cat like tweeted at me and he said like, this is a direct shot at me and it was kind of funny. It was fucking delicious. It's also perfect. But I was watching him, I was watching him play Fortnite last night. I was trying to bury the hatchet. So uh, I, 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 honest to God, I opened up his Twitch thing because he tweeted some link where he's like, come, come watch me on Twitch and I clicked it and there was like 15 other people. You could see the little number. It was me and 15 people watching Brad play Fortnite last night. Were you commenting? Uh, no, I, I didn't know how to. Can you do that? Can I don't. We, can I don't control know. his Twitch. I don't even Twitch is. Know. That's over my head. That's a. <laughs> I don't know how that all works. Um, <laughs> all right, let's wrap this up. We uh, we we've talked a lot. We've we have covered a lot of ground. We have talked a lot. We have to do Cal's guy. I mean, Cal's guy is Brad Calipari. Right? Yeah, that's, be, that's a double. Can I make? Can I make? Yeah, please. Can I make Cal's guy Charles Matthews? I've done this before. Um, Kentucky transfer now at Michigan. Tate, he's back from the dead. He pretty much single handedly won the game for Michigan at Wisconsin. This was a big game for you and I, uh, certainly me, because I've been more brazen about saying that Charles Matthews is Michigan's best player, and uh, he has definitely not been their best player for a very long stretch of the season. And he's back, Tate. He, he rose from the dead in the second half against Wisconsin. Basically, like every point for the final 10 minutes that Michigan scored, Charles Matthews had something to do with it, whether it was an assist or him scoring it himself or him grabbing an offensive rebound or something along those lines. He had a hand in like every play. It was good to see. It was the, the the guy was. We had high hopes for him coming into the season. Uh, we 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 kind of. I think recently we were talking about how we need we need him to. Michigan needs him back. He's back, Tate. He came back from the dead, and I'm happy about that because we needed Charles in charge. And Charles, uh, for the most part, has been uh, an up and down. I mean, he had a great basically in de- since December. He's kind of been on a downturn, but Michigan's figuring it out. As Michigan State is not figuring it out, Michigan is figuring it out. So we're answering the question: Who will be? The uh, pride of the Big Ten. It feels like it's going to be the Wolverines yet again. And I will say quickly, another Cal's guy. Uh, all the players wore shirts with his face on it, and he put a picture. So Cal's guy is actually himself, um, with all of his players wearing a shirt, and his wife as well wearing a shirt. Uh, players surprised me. Tonight Wait, what? At, yeah, yeah. This is a tweet that he just put out. Players surprised me tonight at dinner, and they all wore shorts shirts with my face on it. <laughs> they think they're funny. Exclamation point. I've heard so many friends and former players today, and I really appreciate it. But what's all this sixty stuff about? I don't know what anyone's talking about. Uh, I think he just turned 60. So Best happy dude. birthday, Coach Cal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cal's guy of the week is Cal himself. Was and Brad's a turtleneck or was Cal- it just a regular shirt? Uh, Brad is not in the pic. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Okay. He's in the regular, picture. Regular Cal- neck shirt. I, I love how Cal's... Uh, <laughs> he's in. The, he's got the shirt on. Okay. <laughs> I love how Cal's default commentary is, I have no idea what anyone's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know I couldn't do that. I, I don't know. 
I'm not aware. Um, dude, that's going to be a great game, by the way. Kentucky, Tennessee. Uh, I don't. I'm. I'm not the first to say this. I'm not uh, pretending like I just uncovered this, but um, I'm very, very excited for that game. Kentucky, Tennessee on on Saturday at Rupp Arena. I should go. I should try to go. That w- that actually would make a lot of sense. I'm in Ohio. It's that's what like a three hour drive, probably twenty minute drive. Twenty minute drive. Yeah, it's like um, twenty five. Uh, before we go, I want to shout out to uh, Marquette. The the Marquette Villanova game was awesome. Um, Marquette is is having a great season, kind of quietly. Tate, like the Big East isn't as good this year, and Villanova is going to win the Big East, but Villanova is not good. Mm-hmm. But Marquette, I, I, it, it's a very the Big East is very strange this year. Um, but I'm I I I don't believe in Villanova this year. For I should preface with that. Uh, Villanova got off to the best start they've ever had in Big East history, primarily because the Big East is is garbage. Ten and zero, um, right? They were ten and zero. Yeah, they were ten and zero. But I I I I don't know. They, they they play super slow, and um, their offense is not good enough to kind of make up for how bad they are on defense. I'm talking about Villanova right now. Uh, so I don't really believe in them. But I I kind of think Marquette. I need to start paying more attention to Marquette. I've been watching the, I've been watching them throughout the season a little bit, but I kind of just I've pegged them as uh pretty much the same team they were last year where they they can score in bunches but they don't play defense, but you actually like pay attention recently like they they do play defense uh one. The other misconception, Marcus Howard is not the chucker that you think he is. I mean, he's had some games where he's chucked it this year, like especially I think the St. John's games, he was not great and he just kept shooting. And the Wisconsin game, if I remember right, he was just jacking it up all game. But um, it's it, I think if you are just kind of tangentially paying attention to Marquette, you would think they don't play any defense and Marcus Howard shoots 35 times a game, and that's kind of their M.O., and they win games because Marcus Howard will score 48 every so often. Uh, but that is not the case, people. Um, I, I, I like Marquette a lot, and uh, I'm slowly coming around on them. So that was, that was a good win. Phil Booth played well. That was nice to see. Kind of fucked up the final possession for Villanova, but... It'll happen from time to time. Just shrug your shoulders, move on. That's what you got to do, Phil Booth. You're okay. You'll be fine, Phil Booth. And also, Marcus Howard, 38 points in 38 minutes. That is, uh, that'll do. That'll do. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. That is hard to do, Tate. I've n- I never did that in my college career. I'll say that much, folks. <laughs> um, also, I wanted to bring up another team we, we haven't really talked about at all that is that is playing very good basketball. We kind of mentioned it. We were talking about Korean. Uh, Houston beat Cincinnati. This was kind of the... They're going to play again at the end of the season. Houston and Cincinnati are it, it's it's sort of a similar situation as Villanova Marquette. Uh, the American Conference is horrible. Um, I don't think it's a good conference this year. They're, they might get more than those two teams in, but I you know if if Cincinnati and Houston are only two teams that make the tournament, I'm not going to cry over it. UCF I thought was supposed to win the conference. I don't know what the fuck's going on with them. Uh, Johnny Dawkins, but Houston. It, Houston is like one play away. We mentioned it before the the charge call at Temple. Um, that call gets called differently. I'm not, it was a good call. I'm just saying, if it gets called differently, Houston might be undefeated right now. Uh, they have, they they are a guard oriented team. Tate, their top five scorers are guards, and they also play great defense. If you know anything about me, you know I love defensive teams with great guard play. Um, yeah, Houston Cougars, sleeping giant. Yeah, Corey Davis Jr. Not really sleeping anymore. Yeah, guy to keep an eye on. He's been playing pretty well. And you brought up defense quickly. I just want to say, have you ever seen, have you ever heard in a broadcast to defend defense, someone being in the in the little semicircle, uh, not jumping and getting char- getting called for a block, even though they didn't go down. And then also on the other end, someone does jump and then a foul was not called. And the reason behind it was one guy jumped, so that was the right play. 
The other guy didn't jump, so he was in the circle, so it was the wrong play. That was the Jay Billis explanation last night in in the Virginia game with the mm. Kenny Williams block, and then a Kobe White, you know, goes up and 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 because he jumped, I've never heard that it, it explained in defense in my life that you're supposed to jump to not get the foul called, and then if you don't jump, you do get the foul called because you're in the circle, and then if you just are in the circle and someone runs into you, it's automatically a block because you're in the circle. I've never, I, I don't, I've, mm. ne- I've never in my life. Uh, what is, what Listen, is going, what is going on? It feels like we're just talking in circles. I'm very, and then I saw the NBA guys. I'm, they said that if you lost the ball in midair, then you've lost possession, and then he regathered possession. Well, that means that you could just hot potato down the floor and never dribble. You just let James mm, Harden hot potato point. all the way to the basket. That's what that's what they've set up. So all these little rules that they're trying to do to figure all this stuff out, I think we're talking in circles at this point. I'm, I'm worried about basketball as a whole especially professionally. Uh, and last night, some tough calls in that game and some confusing calls. And you're a man of defense, so I just wanted to... I, I've never heard that in my life. Jump. I'm very confused, but I do know this, Tate. Yes. It's wrong. It's wrong. Yes. It feels wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is wrong. Um, That's the thesis. What else I got here? What? 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 what who, are the, who else we got to shout out? We should shout out Utah. You saw this. UCLA blew the race to 69 in the most explosive fashion of all time doubt they they were up 22 UCLA was at home on Utah with like 13 minutes to play and Utah won and uh yeah that's uh Utah scored 61 points in the second half date <laughs> that's your Pac-12 update <laughs> yeah I was gonna say I was Larry gonna just, say didn't see it I mean you could be you can make all this up and I'm Larry, like wow that's crazy <laughs> Larry Kristoviak Utah coach he said this. Uh, he said, my heart is fine. After they came back and won, he said, my heart is fine, but my mind is really blown right now. So, Bill Walton said, me too. Me too. Me too. Uh, and then speaking of comebacks, Iowa was down 12 with like three minutes left at home against Northwestern. And then Jordan Bohannon, who just dagged the shit out of IU in Bloomington last week, um, he had 11 points in the final three minutes, which is pretty good. If, if you've, uh, that's, yeah, that's pretty good. He scored. He's he actually he scored eleven points in three minutes. That's that is two more points than I scored my entire career, Tate. To give you perspective, and he had he did that in three minutes, and he had like two game. points at the time. Like he ended up with like thirteen points, right? I mean, he had like 15, 13, 15, something like that. Uh, yeah, that yeah. was that was impressive. Way to go, Bohannon. Luca Garza, oh, shit. A, a zero in that game as well. Our boy Luca, unfortunately. I forgot, dude. I, I wanted to bring this up to you. Uh, I know we're running long. Sorry, Kyle. Just edit it out. Or don't. Who gives a shit? It's a podcast. People know how podcasts work at this point. Um, uh, I, I forgot to bring this up to you. Are you aware of an app that you can call people? I don't I don't know if app's the right word. That makes me. That might make me sound 100 years old. But um, there is a thing where you can call. There's a mechanism for how you can call people and go straight to voicemail, and it won't ring on their phone. Are you aware that this exists? <laughs> No. So what? like I could I could call you and it won't say that I'm calling you and then suddenly your phone will, will ding and it'll say you have one voicemail and then it's me leaving a voicemail. <laughs> Dude, I that's don't, incredible. I don't um, listen to voicemails, so I delete. So well here here's the reason I bring this up on a college basketball podcast. I have I have found out in the last week or two or however long that this is apparently a thing that is is proliferating through the college basketball coaching circles, this this technology. Because <laughs> And I've talked to a few coaches that I know, um, and they say that they do this because th- th- they call like basically like the Lavar Balls of the world. These like flunkies that that they have to the, the guys who are running these AU programs and wearing the velour suits that they don't really want to talk to, but they kind of have to keep a relationship with. So the move is 
you call them, you leave a voicemail and you're like, LeVar, sorry I missed you, man. I'm about to get on this flight to Miami. Uh, just wanted to drop a line and and say what's up, say we're thinking about you, and uh, hope hopefully we can get in touch later. And then you hang up, whatever. You leave the voicemail. LeVar Ball gets the voicemail, tries to call you back. You don't answer, but you still get credit for like maintaining that relationship. You Reaching know? out, yes. It's genius. Yes, wow. that is genius. It's genius. I need that. I can think of like seven uses for that for me. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Kyle and I need that in our production world for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's how we deal with hosts. Hey, uh, here's how to fix your XLR cable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's really good. I mean, that's that's actually a sly way to also seem like you are always in touch. And then they're they're blaming their phone. You know, they're like, "Why is my phone? Why did Why did not ring? Yeah, what is this signal? You know, what is what's going on with my Metro PCS? Boost, boost. Where are you at? That's good, Titus. I don't know. That's a that was that was a good nugget I had. I thought that was fascinating. That it is fascinating. Do you know the name makes of sense. it? The yeah, name? yeah. What's the name of the app? Do, and it. And it gave. I don't know the name. I'll, I'll figure it out. Incognito. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll call the. I'll call the coaches and uh, ask them, and then they'll call me back and go straight to voice. <laughs> yeah, they'll leave a voicemail. Um, <laughs> here's what. It, here's what it is. But it got me thinking. Like, we need to create an app for college. That's just for college basketball coaches that helps them cheat. I think we should do that. We should sell it for like a thousand dollars to all these coaches. I think it's called Venmo. And, oh. <laughs> 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 Something like that. Just something to... We, we, we just... Yeah, we recreate Venmo. We just basically take the Venmo platform and we just like package it and then just promise like better security and anonymity and... It's called Mo Wins. We don't actually deliver that. Yeah. And then we release the spreadsheets and the tapes and everybody loves us because that's called journalism, folks. Yeah, you become heroes. <laughs> All right. Uh, the time has come, Tate. Are we ready? Yes. Mo's. I hyped it up. Come on, Mo's. Moses is looking at me. We're going to try it. Moses, can you speak? We're going to do it. Speak. 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 Damn it. Damn it. Did you hear it? He did it. No, he didn't. Hold on. Do it again. I swear to God. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to get it again. Moses, speak. 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 This is a disaster. God damn it. Speak. 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 Please. He did it. He heard it. He did it. We'll check the tape. We'll, we'll check Kyle. We'll check Kyle. the tape. Check the tape. <laughs> you release the audio to us. We'll check it. <laughs> Love you, Moe's. God damn it, Moe's. He was robbed. Go to the. Re- yes. Moses is Kobe White. He hit the shot. Oh, and the, the refs were the reviewing it, taking it away. It was on his vocal cords. <laughs> it was on his fingertips. God damn it. He did the motion. He pushed air out of his mouth. I just don't know if it was. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. Was it a burp or a bark? There, I love you, buddy. A blip or a bomb. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> All right. We're back to We're going to go practice. We're going to take the next few days practice. We will see you guys Friday. Thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, goodbye. Thanks again to Cavo. Clean up your remote control clutter with Cavo Center by Cavo. Plug in your streamer, sound system, cable, satellite, or game console. Control everything connected to your TV with one easy-to-use voice-controlled remote. Shop now and get 40% off Control Center with promo code SHINING. 
That's $59.95. 40% off regular pricing of $99.95. Service plan required. First 45 days free. Control Center is available at caavo.com and at Best Buy Control Center by Cavo. One remote that does it all. Thanks for listening to One Shining Podcast. See you on Friday.